Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Hey, let's pray just just as I sort of centre myself. Is that okay? Yeah, awesome. Well, Lord, we just thank you again for every blessing that you've given us here in this house, Harvest Church, our region, our city. We pray blessing upon our time this morning together. And we pray that you would speak and that you would teach and train us in all of your ways in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I've, I've had a real juggle this week between two or three sermons. I hope you don't get too much of a buffet. Um, but let's just see where we go and how we go. Is that okay? Genesis 26. Why don't you turn to there? We do have it up on the screen. Genesis 26. I'm going to start reading from verse 17. Uh, And uh, Isaac, a man of God, I'll just give you a little bit of a prelude to this. Isaac, a man of God, had uh, previously been... uh, in a, in a different re- region, and uh, Abimelech, who was the leader of that region, had basically said, you're too blessed for us, move on. What a strange thing to have said to you. You are too blessed, you've got to get out of here. So this is where we pick it up. So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac dug, dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. Let me just pause there. It's interesting. Every generation has to dig a new well. Even wells that our forefathers have gone and dug and maybe they bricked them up and they made them almost invincible, sometimes they still get stopped up by generational doubts and fears and anxieties. So every generation has a fight to fight. Every generation has to take a stand for Jesus to dig that well of Christ. Every generation has to honour what the forefathers have done, but also recognise I'm standing in the gap for this generation. And it's interesting here that even though Isaac was so blessed, he still had to go and search out for water. And this is a good lesson for us. No matter what's happened in the past, how good it's been in the past, God's always got a challenge for us in our generation, the now, the present, to be tackling. And the way he does that is faith in the Lord. And he he goes on and says, uh, And Isaac dug again the wells of water, that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, which the Philistines had stopped up. And he gave him the names that his father had given him. That's honouring the past. Verse 19. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring of water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarrelled with Isaac herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Isek. Now, interestingly enough, this happens to him a few times. I don't even think I need to read the rest. But basically, there's three wells that he goes to. The first one is sec. That word means contention or argue. Interesting that he names that well. He decrees over that thing what it is going to be. You may have had things decreed over you that are stamped on your life. 
And maybe you think they're stuck there forever. Let me give you an encouragement. Move on. Move on from whatever you've been labelled with, whatever negative connotations that come up in your mind. Maybe there's trauma in your past. It's very hard to get past trauma. But I want to encourage you, move on. Because sometimes God allows us to move on from those things so we can find water somewhere else. He then went to another place and he did the same thing. Had his servants dig in one of the wells, brung out water. The local people again, tribesmen said, no, get, get away from here. You're, 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 obviously there's jealousy, there's envy, there's all sorts of things going on here. But he's pushed out again. And so he calls that well Sitna because they actually got aggressive with him. And that word means hatred or accusation. And this is what the enemy will do to us. He does not like people who believe in Jesus because you and I reflect Jesus. And he doesn't like Jesus. He hates Jesus. So what does he do? When you've moved on to the next well, he brings accusation. Accusation will come at us. Maybe you've failed in your past life. Maybe you've failed this week. And one of the things the enemy loves to do to Christians on a Sunday morning is bring accusation. Oh, you're a bad this, you're a bad that. You did this this week. Oh, you've sinned or you've thought bad thoughts or you've got sucked into that. And so what he does is he, he plays on sin and adds guilt to it and brings shame to it by accusation. I want to encourage you, we've got to move on from the well of accusation. Now, there's responsibility that we've got to take and we've got to recognise that if we're living a life of sin, we need to repent and get rid of sin. And, and that's a repetitive thing. That's an ongoing thing. That's something we're going to have to daily live with in our thought life, in our actions. And I want to give you some encouragement this morning. I was just thinking on this and in some of it's been interesting in a, 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 my mentoring program that I do for men. And I've got some other guys reaching out to me from other cities and regions now. And uh, one of the main issues for men, surprise, surprise, is pornography. All around the world, pornography. Why? Because you, you can get it on this little device here. It, things just pop up. I was thinking the other day, I'm on Instagram. And here I am, 45-year-old guy. I'm on Instagram. And what does Instagram suggest to a 45-year-old guy in the reels? Crap. Exactly. It, it shows ladies who are, you know, working out and all this sort of stuff. So you'd have to go in and stop that stuff. You have to go in and actively stop that stuff. Why? Because the enemy wants to put guilt and shame. And if he can rob men of their strength by guilt and shame, then he can rob a generation. And so, men, we have to fight against this stuff. I did a podcast on this called Beat Your Body. Have a listen to it on my man-made podcast. Men, if, you if you're ready for a fight, listen to the podcast. Because I'm telling you, you have to fight this thing. Pornography will not just get washed off you by the laying on of hands. It will get washed off you when you learn to fight against it aggressively. And you have to absolutely be militant with this thing. You have to do whatever you have to do to stop it on that device coming up. And you have to get aggressive. You cannot be a wimp. You cannot just say, oh, it's coming all over me. No, it's not. Every single man has a choice. And I know that I'm not putting guilt and shame on you. I want to give you some fighting tactics that you're just going to have to fight this stuff. When it's on your devices, you're going to have to fight it. You're going to have to remember that it's a demon looking out at you. It's not a woman. It's a demon looking out at you. Proverbs talks about this. 
And, and then the enemy will try and bring accusation. And when he can tear men down, he tears the church down. And we lose our authority. Why? Because we walk in shame and guilt and fear. And we lose our authority. We can only have authority with purity. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means we know how to repent. And then we get back stronger with more power than we had before. But we have to fight this stuff. And so that is totally not in my notes, but I know it's a big one for men. There's other things for women. Comparison and and self-rejection is a huge one for women. And so when we're at that well of hatred and accusation, we need to move on. And this is what Isaac did. He moved on and he went to a third well. I mean, these wells are probably quite some distance away. But, so it's quite a hassle. But he decides, all right, we're not, we're not going to bother about that. We're moving on. And he gets to a, a well called Rehoboth. Now, at the well that he calls Rehoboth, that word means open spaces. Sometimes we need to reject enough of the old wells and the old accusations and hatred and labels and things that we've even given ourselves so that we can finally find the open space. And this is what Isaac did. He was a man of God. He could have probably disputed at one of those wells and fought for it. Because these are only shepherds and herdsmen. He He had power. He had wealth. He had resources. He could have probably fought and said, no, I'm going to have that one. But he didn't. He knew what it was to hear the voice of the Father and say, I'm not going to bother about them. I'm going to give, give them a bad name. I'm moving on. I want to encourage you. Some, some of you in your minds need to move on. There's things that are holding you back in the old well of accusation and hatred and trauma and anxiety and stress and negativity that you don't need anymore. Move on in your head into open spaces because God has a plan and a purpose just for you. And, and we need you in the game. I uh, was having a session with a mentor, a guy from, um, who I don't know, we'll do a Skype session I think sometimes. He's a great leader. His name's Michael Brodeur from, he's in California, he's at Reading actually. And he does some teaching in the School of Ministry at Bethel, but also helps John and Carol and Duncan and Kate um, in Catch the Fire movement. So he's got a foot in most camps. But interesting guy. So he's, you know, come out through, through Wimber Ministries in, in uh, you know, the 80s, 70s, 80s. And he's been through all the different journeys that we have. But anyway, so I'm having a session with him. And he said to me, you know, the truth is in most churches, we only actually have, I hope he doesn't mind me quoting this. Don't listen to the podcast, Michael, if you don't. But anyway, in most churches, we only have about 30 to 40% efficiency. And I said to him, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, the truth is, most of us have got used to what church actually looks like. We attend a service, we come to service, we've got a whole lot of things going on in life. And this is not to make anyone feel bad, but this is a cycle we've got in. But then when God decides to move in a spontaneous way, we realise what we were like before. We only see that when he begins to move. And this is what it's like when we move on to a new well, the open spaces, we realise what we were labelled with in the past. Don't walk in the labels of yesterday. Don't give yourself those labels. Oh, I'm just this. Oh, my family has depression. My family has back problems. You're cursing yourself. We never say things like that over ourselves. We learned this from Duncan and Kate Smith at Leaders Schools, Heart Healing Schools. 
uh, I remember uh, one of the teachers at one of the sessions saying, why on earth would you talk like that? And I'm thinking, well, I've talked like that most of my life, you know. There's, this is the manual way or this is the that. We give ourselves permission to hold on to negatives. We give ourselves permission to hold on to disease. We give ourselves permission to hold on to generational things that aren't generational or that shouldn't be generational, but we give them access by our words. And so we've got to recognise that we carry authority for the now, for the present. Don't give the wells of yesteryear authority in today because they're gone. They're done. They might be very, very traumatic. I know for me, and I've, I haven't suffered trauma like some of you guys, but for me in our business setup, I realised after a year, a year and a half of high-level stress, um, it, it causes your brain to go funny, doesn't it? It's, your nerves are on edge. And, and like after an extended period of time like that, I've realised whenever it comes to financial stress, I can get triggered easier. And so um, this is why now, I mean, if, if people come up with grand plans, let's say for the school, for example, let's spend $20 million and take over this. I'm like, no way, <laughs> not on my watch. You know, I don't want to go into monster loads of debt because I, I know I've got an old well still there. But I've got to be careful that that doesn't stop the open spaces. And so, yes, there's wisdom. You learn wisdom at the old wells, don't you? rejection, hurt, trauma. There's all sorts of things that you learn at those, but we don't want to carry bitterness into the open spaces. We want to carry wisdom and understanding and even a level of grace. I, I know now I carry, carry a level of grace when I'm mentoring business guys. I have a level of grace I never would have had with them. They never would have wanted me mentoring them had I not go through some financial trauma because I just would have been like, you're a useless businessman. You need to just, you know, go harder and do this. But when you go through it, you suddenly have grace. And sometimes that's why God shows us some of this stuff is so that we can actually ask and redeem others and bring others through in that open space. When we live in that place of open space, we look back to those old wells and we go, wow, I don't live there anymore, but I learn a whole lot of stuff. And in the open space, he will promote us. He will release us. He will give us authority. He will give us peace. And so that's what we want to go for is not holding on to the past, but recognize some of that stuff as well. It's often a tripping point, I think, for us as believers is to identify where is the problem coming from? What's the source of the problem? If we look at Isaac for a moment, he could probably, you know, let's say, I don't know, at Isek or Sitna, one of those wells, he probably could have said, well, all right, the Lord's given me this ground. I have some resources. I have men at hand. I'm just going to wipe these guys out and take over the land. So that's one choice. So, you know, he could have taken that authority. He could also look at it and go, well, we've got some opposition here. This could be God allowing us to move on. And so I've identified, I reckon, four areas when we hit a particular issue, stumbling block, resistance, whatever it is, I think we have four perspectives we can look from. The first one, is it God allowing this? Is he allowing it? Is God doing it forcibly, actively? Is it Satan or is it ourselves? There's four different angles. And how well we identify those four different angles will greatly impact the outcome. Because sometimes we blame Satan 
for things that we have just done wrong. There's no, uh, let's, let's go back to, you know, this male issue of pornography because it's such a huge issue. It's very easy to blame Satan. But if we don't take responsibility and take actions in our lives and resist this stuff and fight this stuff, it's probably not Satan. Sure, he's doing it all out there, but we don't have to participate. We have to resist this stuff. And so there's no point in blaming Satan's tempting me. Satan's tempting everyone. Satan tempted Jesus. So you're a human if you're being tempted. We don't want to give a scapegoats. We don't want to escape the issue. We want to take responsibility. How about this? Is it the Lord allowing it or is it the Lord doing it? They're, they're very similar, but they're very different. Sometimes I believe God will stand back like a good father, and I do this from time to time, and uh, not very often, <laughs> probably need to do it more often, but stand back and go, okay, they need to just learn this one. They need to just ride this one out, need to learn this one. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to allow it. Like the, the children, you know, putting their finger on the hot stove or whatever it is, you've got to let it happen so that they learn that lesson. And so it's one of those things that we can have a look at and go, okay, is he allowing it? Then there's the next posture where he actually steps in and does it, where he takes charge of a situation. Four angles. Determine which angle is coming at you and you will hear God's voice for the solution because there's no point blaming Satan if it's ourself. There's no point saying, God, you know, you've, you're allowing all of this stuff to happen in my life, but maybe we're not taking responsibility in our life. And so I believe to be greater effective believers, it helps. Good thing we haven't got too many people down here because we've got COVID spitting going on. But there is no COVID, so, you know, we're okay. Determine the angle that things are coming at you from. Because I, I think normally it's repetitive. Normally it's repetitive. If we're a Satan blamer, we're probably always a Satan blamer. If we're a God's allowing everything, we're probably a God's allowing everything. And it's generally how we were maybe brought up or the perspective we have about ourselves. But one of the powerful stances that we can take, I believe, like Isaac, we need to hear the Father's voice and we need to work out, do I contend with these guys? Do I contend with this issue? Or am I moving on to open spaces? More often than not, I'm finding that, yes, there is a place to contend. There is a place to stand. And you know politically we're doing that and we're doing that in the right way. And by the way, it's building real momentum. I don't know if you've followed the media on this stuff, but it's quite significant. Nationally, people are looking to SA. You know, we were originally called the Free State and we're still the Free State and we pray we're going to remain the Free State. That We pray that people will look at SA and go, wow, look at what those guys have done. So anyway, keep praying, keep active, keep doing everything. And I know you're getting information, uh, you know, via email and whatnot, but we can give you more if you need to. But there's, there's, a, there's a journey, isn't there? There's a tension between, okay, am I going to fight off this one or am I going to go to the open spaces? I have found normally there's places along the journey of contention, accusation, maybe some hatred, maybe trauma, all of that is growing us to be in a peaceful land. All of that is growing us to carry authority and grace. And we're called to be a people that operate in grace and in truth and authority. I think that sometimes when we have been 
believers, a lot of our lives, 10 years, 20 years, it's very easy to recognize, wow, maybe, maybe I've been in this place. Maybe I've been in this place where nothing's really happening. It's all okay. It's, it's, there's no lightning bolts. There's no big traumas either. I'm just, I'm okay. Things are okay. I believe this is often the time where not necessarily Satan will do anything, not necessarily we will do anything, but this is where God will step in. And he may begin, begin just prodding us and say, come on, let's move on. You got open spaces, but let's do something with the open spaces. Let's do something with the land I've given you. Let's do something with the resources. With one of the greatest tools that you and I have that doesn't rely on anyone else. It doesn't cost a cent. It won't, you don't even have to go vegan. I know. Wow. Is your prayer life. Your prayer life. How is your prayer life in the open spaces? See, we're all good when there's a battle on. We're all good. When the enemy's coming at us, we're like the greatest intercessors in, in South Australia. We're praying, we're getting up early, we're fasting, we're reading the Word because we've got something to fight. But when we're in the open spaces, what will we do? Because we've still got land to take. We've still got a generation to take. We've still got a great commission ahead of us. And I want to encourage you today Allow your prayers to be prayers coming from the Father, but forward-looking prayers. Lord, do something. I might have three years left. I might have 30 years left. It doesn't matter. Your prayers are powerful. Your prayers are needed. Your prayers are desperately needed, I'm sure, for someone around you. Do not let the enemy say you're not good enough to pray these prayers or you're not holy enough. Pray whatever you want to pray. But don't let the enemy rob you of prayer. Don't let the enemy accuse you or bring you back to the old well. If he starts taking you back to the old well, you've got to slap him down and you've got to move on. Move on in your mind. You might have to go for a drive, go to the beach, whatever it is. If we have a praying church, I believe we have an active church. And we have a great commission. We have a great commission. That's, that's our commission. People say, what is your vision statement? Well, the truth is, the vision statement's the same for every Christian church. The Great Commission. And we're called to go and make disciples. We're called to preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, or whatever disease is going on around us right now. We're called to do those things. You are called to do those things. Oftentimes, our prayer life in the open spaces is what really digs that new well, that new water to rise up. One thing I've learned about wells, I have two of them, and uh, they run dry, especially if you leave them on for a few days when you've forgotten to turn the bore switch off. And uh, I've had a lot to do with wells and aquifers over my pipe journey as well. And it's interesting this is a whole industry no one even really cares about, but it's been a big part of my life. Is it okay if I just have a well rant for a moment? I'm telling you, the water down there is very, very powerful. Very powerful. It's, it, there's, there's more water down there than anyone even knows. And it's phenomenal amounts. It just under us in the Great Artesian Basin, there's phenomenal, phenomenal reserves of water. Beautiful, fresh water. 
And the deeper you go, the hotter it is. 80, 85 degrees. It's, it's hot stuff. It free flows straight to the surface when you dig. But you've got to dig deep. And you know what? To find some of those wells, when they're right out in whoop, whoop, seven, eight hours drive from here, they're a long way out. You've got to go to the open spaces and dig deep to get to the good stuff. And that's what we have to do. When we're in the open spaces, as I'm just sort of sensing it, even in the spiritual atmosphere, in the natural, we're in Adelaide, we're blessed. And I know there's scenarios of life always going on, as there is for everyone in this room, some more than others. But the truth is, as a whole, we are a blessed place. We're a blessed nation. And we have open spaces. And I want to ask you to be digging that well. Be digging that well, the new well. Because that's our commission. That's God's call over us as a people as a race, as believers, is to be asking the Lord in the open spaces, okay, God, I'm not just going to sit back and relax and, and sort of enjoy the open spaces. Hey, it's good to do that at certain times. But then we look on the horizon and we say, where's that cloud? Where's that cloud, God? Where's that cloud? Because God wants to move in us. He wants to move in you. And he's given you a unique gift called prayer. And it's your voice. Your voice is needed. So our, our prayer would be that we would be a praying people. People do this in different ways. Karen and I pray in completely opposite ways. I'm going to share this because some of you might feel that you don't pray properly. Okay? So, as you might have been taught that. And, you know, there's, there's old school ways of particularly devotions and things that people have done and, and I still do to this day that work perfect. They work better for... Um, you know, logical, you know, people in the sense of more routine people like me. I'm quite a routine person. So I have to have a routine so I know what I'm getting up to. What I, Karen, she floats like a spiritual butterfly all day. She's praying, she's dwelling, she's carrying, she's thinking. Then she'll share something, you know, that God showed us while she's reading this or doing this. And it's, it's very different. And so we are all different. Find your sink with the Spirit and you'll find your well. Find your sync with the Spirit. Don't feel bad if you can't have two hours, you know, of going through liturgy and going through a systematic routine of ding, 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 ding. If that bores you to tears, don't do it. Find your language of the Spirit. It might be worship. It might be speaking in tongues. It might be going for a drive. Whatever it is, we need you praying. This region needs your prayers. You never know what may happen or what may not happen this week just because you prayed it. Why? Because God's given you authority. He's given you authority. We sing about it. Do you believe it? He's given you authority. He's given you a holy roar inside of you to pray things into being. Now, it might not be a Lamborghini. It might be a matchbox car. But whatever it is, if it's in his will, it will happen. Never underestimate the power of your prayer. Never underestimate the power of you standing in faith, believing for something. And it can be anything. If it's in His will, it will happen. If it's in His word, it will happen. So I want you to stand this morning and I want to pray over us. Thanks, guys. Let's lift our hands and I just want to pray over us, decree some things this morning. I want to ask you seriously to, whether you put it in your diary, whether you, you put it in your schedule or whatever it is, I want to ask you this week to increase your level of prayer by 25%. 25%. It's not much really, is it? Well, if you're starting from a small base, it might not be very much at all. 
25%, okay, one quarter increase. Do you think that's doable? Okay, just give me a wave if you think that's doable. Awesome, awesome. I think it's doable. Have a, just have a think about it. Now, remember, your language in the spirit, whatever that looks like, increases the water level. Do you know why I'm doing this? Because when we do this corporately, when we do this as a church family, the whole water level rises. The whole water level rises. And everything can happen a little bit easier because more people are hearing from God and we're beginning to open up in a fresh new way and even this area feels the resonance of deeper prayer. So let's, let's challenge ourselves in our spiritual way to increase our level of prayer. And let's, let's go deeper into that open spaces. We don't want just, you know, belly flop in the open spaces and enjoy everything that God's given us and forget that there is a battle on and we want to go deeper. So let's lift our hands. Lord, I pray this morning that you would help us, help me to go deeper into the things of God. Lord, we pray that great commission that is over the church, us, would resonate with us and that you'd begin to speak to us Impart your word to us. Holy Spirit, I pray for a fresh excitement in our spirits of time with you. Fresh worship, fresh understanding of Scripture. And that you would teach us and train us in everything that you have for us. I pray that you'd make it easy. Make it so easy. I pray that prayer would rise from this place in a fresh new way. And that all of the old wells would die. All of the old stuff would just be gone. And that you would take us to the open spaces, digging new wells for the kingdom of God. And Lord, I thank you for us as a people in this region and Harvest Church, our campuses, Odinga, our Persian campus. And Lord, we pray blessing upon each one. We pray that your face would shine upon us. Lord, that you would prevent the arrows of the enemy. And that you would give us favour where you are calling us. That you would hear our prayers and that you would save this region. Let this region hear the name of Jesus Christ boldly. Let your power be released in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. Hey, why don't you give someone a high five or two? We bless you. Have an amazing week. 25% increase in prayer and we'll see you next week.